Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey everyone, Jeffrey Hazlett right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio, and I've got a great show here today. So when it comes to getting what you want or would be happy with in life and or in business, negotiation is key. I know that very well in my family. (laughs) Whether we realize it or not, we are negotiating every day, both in our professional and our personal lives, and we need to learn not only negotiation skills, but how to use them to our fullest advantage. My next guest truly feels all of life is a negotiation, and she's here to share with us some insights on how to succeed in negotiations. Cindy Watson is the author of The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom, (laughs) founder and CEO of Women on Purpose, and also founder and managing partner of Watson Palmer Law. Cindy, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Well, it is great to be here, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me. I can't wait for the conversation. Well, I'm scared to death of this conversation, and I hope my (laughs) wife isn't watching. I hope my CEO is also a a female, is not watching, or of course I know she does, and more than half of my staff as well. First off, I have to ask you this question. What is the art of feminine negotiation, and why should we be paying attention and learning this? Yeah, it's a great question. And to be honest, I really agonized over whether to even use the word feminine. We're kind of moving away from gender and it's not actually gender-based. I think both men and women, so you can rest assured, A, I think you're already a great negotiator and uh, both men and women uh, can benefit from this. I I really opted to use the word because I think for too long, Jeffrey, we've been defining success, you know, in business, personally, across the board, based on a much more competitive, toughness carries the day, you know, dare I say more masculine kind of model. And as a result of that, I think that both men and women thought, geez, the only path to success is taking that model. So we stifled our so-called feminine traits, all of that sort of collaborative uh, rapport building, trust building, all of those skills. And that's been a mistake. I think it's one of the reasons the world's out of balance. And I know for myself, I was out of balance. So really at its core, what the art of feminine negotiation is, is just being able to get away from that competitive model and actually tapping in, ironically, to the key traits that make and mark the most effective negotiators, five out of six of which are so-called feminine traits. So that's what kickstarted me on this journey. So you're saying that win at all odds is not the best way to go. No, it's not. And I, you know, in my practice as a lawyer, I'm the first to admit I'm kind of embarrassed now, but my clients called me the Barracuda. And uh, they meant that, of course, is the highest compliment, right? And I wore it like a badge of honor, like I think a lot of people in business do. We believe that if we're talking the loudest and the longest, if we are competing to get every last little piece on the table, that we're getting those best outcomes. But 
Those are really short-lived victories. If you're actually looking to have better relationships, you know, better buy-in, longer-lasting agreements, more creative outcomes, then uh, taking that competitive approach is actually the wrong way to go. Yeah, and it gets to the point I know for me when people had said, "Oh, geez, I, you know, I met so and so. They they work with you." I was like, "You're in my career." I'm like, "Oh my god," because I knew they called me the other B word, and it wasn't Barracuda. <laughs> so there's definitely a high cost that comes with that. Well, I've been called a lot of things myself over the years, and <laughs> we'll be called some more things. But I got to ask you, what are the real key skills that are required for successful negotiations? I, I mean, obviously, you want to be very successful and win. I mean, that's it. Yeah. But to me, I've always looked for that win-win rather than I win, you lose, or you yeah. win, I lose. But yeah. what are some of the key skills required for successful negotiations? Yeah, and, and I've created a, just a simple mnemonic, I think is the easiest way to remember. If you look at the six key skills that make and mark the most effective negotiators, and I'm talking like, you know, across the world and throughout history, it comes down to assertiveness, rapport building, empathy, flexibility, intuition, and trust. So I call it the R-FIT model. Just think A-R-E-F-I-T. And ironically, you'll see like rapport building, empathy, flexibility, intuition, and trust. If you surveyed your audience, Jeffrey, I bet you that the vast majority, if not everybody, would consider those to be so-called feminine traits. And the one of the six that isn't considered typically to be feminine is assertiveness. But even that, I think it's because people confuse assertive with aggressive. And they're not the same thing, right? Assertiveness just means showing up with confidence. That confidence comes from knowledge and knowledge comes from preparation. And we can all do that in spades. You know, too often we show up just looking to pound our chest. You know, as a trade union labor lawyer for many years, I saw a lot of chest pounding and table bumping. Uh, and those did not make for the best outcomes. So if you get really intentional about showing up listen more than you talk, you know, park your ego and actually get curious, you are going to come up with some really surprising nuggets. Yeah, we, uh, Trisha Ben, our CEO of the C-suite, we always talk about when our hero leaders get together, which are our most valued CEOs that really run their businesses with people in mind more than profits. They take the armor off at the door. You don't need to yeah. come armed to negotiation. You have to come with a winning strategy that says, hey, we're going to both win out of this together. Uh, now, we talked about some of the great things that are great skills to be able to have. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to negotiating? Yeah, and I think some of this is definitely more a North American uh, problem, to be honest. Um, and one of them is just jumping straight to business, right? I mean, we tend to just jump right in, let's get to it, you know, get her done <laughs> type of mentality. And really, we miss that entire rapport building, right? Asking the questions, getting curious, learning about the other person, because the stated needs in any negotiation are like the tip of the proverbial iceberg, right? And you're heading for that, to, you know, Titanic, because really the gold is underneath the water. So when you can park your ego, and we're bad at that in North America as well, we make it all about us, if you can park your ego and get curious. So I would say bringing ego to the table, whether it's that need to win, not admitting you don't know, we assume it undermines us, the opposite is true, but also jumping straight to business, being too attached to an idea. It's like, I want this. I know this is my outcome. I need X. So I'm only focusing on getting X. And I know the other party wants Y. So I need to stop them from getting Y. Um, when in fact, if we both come 
and don't get too attached and we allow ourselves to stay flexible, it is incredible how many times you can come up with solutions better than X or Y, something better, not even the win-win that, you know, you talked about that win-win. Most people talk about that being, all right, somewhere between X and Y, we're going to find something we're comfortable with. And I'm like, no, why don't we look for Z? Why don't we look for double A, right? Something even better. Um, and not listening, I would say, is the other really big um mistake that people make in negotiations, right? We believe that if we're talking, we're dominating the conversation, that must mean we're winning. And, uh, you know, I, for me, and I was so guilty of that, uh, you know, I, I've now come to the point where if I recognize I'm talking more than the other person, it's like stop, drop and roll, right? Just stop, listen, find a way to just start asking those questions. So I call them the seven deadly sins. <laughs> That's a good, those are good, good suggestions for everybody to keep in mind. I hope you're taking Great notes and speaking of stop, drop and roll, I need to do that right now and take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. C-Suite Radio. And we are back. We're live casting right here on Facebook and LinkedIn as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett live right here on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. I'm talking to Cindy Watson, who's the author of The Art of Feminine Negotiation. How to get what you want in the boardroom to the bedroom. Of course, <laughs> we're just going to be talking about the boardroom in here. I don't need any any calls or letters or trips to the HR, okay? So when coming to the table, um, it's important for you to, to be prepared uh, for a negotiation. What should we be doing to get ready? Yeah, that a great question. I mean, some of the traditional things... Um, I, I think are problematic, right? Everybody's just focusing on what they need. I actually have a couple of simple models and I'll, I'll share one with your, with your audience here. I call it the no fear model. You can tell I like acronyms, Jeffrey, right? So just think no fear, F-E-R, uh, fear, ego, attachment, and reactivity. So I think preparation for any negotiation, whether it's personal or in your professional life, sit down at first and think, what are some of the fears that are driving me? Because most bullying, uh, you know, trying to control, trying to exert power over others instead of power with comes from some fear for most of us, right? So when we really tap in, what are some of the fears that are going to be driving me about this issue or this negotiation? And what are the fears that are going to be driving the other party? And what are some things I, as part of your prep, Jeffrey, like actually build in, what are some things I can do to use their fear to sort of fuel us to get those better outcomes? Ego, check in. How does ego show up for me? What are the different ways? It's different for all of us. For some, it's like I need to be liked, right? So I end up people pleasing, don't get the best mm -hmm. outcomes. For some, it's talking too much. So how does ego show up for me? And how does ego show up from my experience or what I've heard of the party I'm going to be negotiating with? And how can I use that again to my benefit? How can I let them? How can I pander to that ego if I need to? How can I use that ego to get those best outcomes? That A, attachment we talked about earlier. Hmm, what am I too attached to here? And what is the other party going to be attached to? How can I allow myself to be a little more flexible so that if an even better opportunity comes up, I'm not stuck back here in my attachment. And the R is reactivity. We've all got triggers, right? What are my triggers? What are the things that are likely going to set me off? And what can I do to ground myself so that I don't get triggered? But also, what are the other party's triggers? And how can I make sure I, I avoid that, right? And this applies both personally and professionally. And I can share really quickly with you like a personal story that might um, sort of really show this. Please do that. 
Um, and again, this isn't a business model, but I think sometimes when we share something really vulnerable and personal, the message sticks more, right? So my son got diagnosed early in COVID with a very serious mental health issue and ended up in the hospital. And so you can imagine, I was like, talk about negotiating. I was having to negotiate to get visiting rights at all. I was having to negotiate to get him resources that had all evaporated. But the thing I forgot to do myself was my, I didn't follow my own advice when I was interacting with him. He was so angry. And of course I was so defensive, trying to let him know we love you unconditionally. Here's why this. And, and all of a sudden I realized we were butting heads because I wasn't practicing my own art of feminine negotiation, no fear model. And I had to sit back and look, oh my God, like my, my fears, Jeffrey, you can imagine like my attachment to what his life was supposed to look like, my hopes, my dreams for him. It was all about my ego. I was trying to defend myself to him. I was totally being in reactive mode. And then when I flipped and thought, oh my God, how terrifying must this be for him where he feels he has no control whatsoever, locked up in the hospital, no access to make even the most basic decision for himself. So I showed up with intention next time where I parked my ego. I let go of attachment. And I said, you know what? I am so sorry. I have been making this all about me. I, I can't even imagine what this experience has been like for you. And I'm here to listen. Tell me about it. Tell me about your experience. What can I do? And at first, of course, he didn't trust it. So be prepared for that for right. your listeners. They're going to push back. But when he did, Jeffrey, there was a physical softening that I saw. And it has opened the space for us to allow for myself to heal, for him to heal, and to move forward. And the same thing happens in business. I see it over and over again just by not applying a simple model like that, no fear, or decide who you want to be. I call it the five W. Who do you want to show up as? Who are they expecting you to show up? You know, when people expected me to show up as the big bitch and I showed up differently, wow, that was a powerful dynamic shift, right? So definitely. Well, let me ask you this. That's a great story. And thank you for sharing. That's one of the big things that we do here in the C-suite and certainly all businesses the sharing of the personal side, because the personal side is linked to so much of what we do on the professional side. Absolutely. You know, what was going through my head as you were talking about that story and the, and the bit before it was the, how ingrained this is when we're very young on a personal side. I, I was sitting here flashing back to my daughter, who's now an adult about to have her own child and my son who has two children. And I can remember them negotiating. My daughter was excellent at it, by the way. She would go to her little brother and said, you really don't want that toy. You want this one, don't you? And she would convince him that, you know, the switch because she wanted that toy, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking about how much of that's ingrained that we, we really, we're not thinking always about the other person and how we put them in the place of negotiation. We're thinking about more about how it's going to feel for us, the benefits for our company, the benefits to me, how am I going to look? Am I yeah. going to be a winner? Am I going to, you know, be the savior for our company or whatever? <laughs> you know, when do we come to realize that? Well, I think sadly, some people never come to realize that. I think it's one of the reasons we're so out of balance now. And to be honest, when I was Barracuda, I'm not going to lie. It's not like I had no success. And that's the danger, right? right. Because it's like- It worked. It affected my professional relationships, then my personal and ultimately my sense of self. But it, it's not only that, the outcomes that I got were way more limited than I could know. It's, it's kind of like being in a really bad relationship, right? We never get the perspective until we can take ourselves out of it. So I think raising our awareness about that deep conditioning and being willing at first to just take that leap of faith and try these other skills on and see how it goes at first, but really commit to it for a while where you show up differently to get those better outcomes. And that's when the shifts happen. Because when I was able to move away from Barracuda, 
I believed for the longest time, Jeffrey, I can't give that up because people are going to walk all over me. They're going to think I'm a, you know, well, trust me, whether I'm, when I apply the art of feminine negotiation, nobody's going to push me off my mark unless I want to be pushed off my mark or I'm convinced that there are better alternatives there. So it's not about weakness. It's about reframing how we look at success and recognizing that there are better approaches to get better, deeper, longer lasting relationships and outcomes. Because ultimately negotiation is all about relationship. And, and that's, that's the key shift. Well, I think what you're also saying here is we don't have to check our gender at the door. We Absolutely. have to check the way we think about those things and then bring both sides to it. Now, and of course, in this entire, you know, a political climate about genders, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to make a political statement here. I'm just saying there is a different way for us to approach it. We have to approach it from, you know, a more simplistic side of it than just winning. Yeah. And I love that you've raised that because gender is a hot button topic now. And I think the thing that doesn't get talked, it's become a blame game, blaming and shaming. And it drives me crazy because I think if we're ever going to have change, we have to recognize biases aren't just by men against women. Even the forget the overt, the unconscious gender biases, which are more dangerous, I think, because they're insidious. It's women against other women, but it's also women against ourselves. Like they've actually done studies, Jeffrey, where they have young girls writing their SATs, check off their gender in advance of writing their, their test. And over and over again, those young women in the control group who had to identify their gender actually perform more poorly. So I agree mm -hmm. with you. We, we have to start naming it, owning it, recognizing it, and get the conversation so that it moves away from gender. Because we, we're different. Like people, women will be called hysterical or emotional, where for the same behavior, men are going to be called passionate and fiery. Women will be called, called controlling and bossy when men are called strong leaders. Women are called sneaky and manipulative. Men are called strategic. So I think we need to recognize it and then flip the script we've been told around gender. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. I want to talk about being persuasive in this negotiation so that we can, you know, really, truly be more successful at what we're doing. So we're going to take a break and come right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. All right, we are back and we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you a live episode of All Business with Jeffrey Is it right here on C-Suite Radio. And of course, we're talking about the art of feminine negotiation, how to get what you want from the boardroom to the bedroom. I'm going to have to read this book because then I'll know the inside <laughs> secrets. I'm talking to the founder and CEO of Women on Purpose, Cindy. And thank you so much for coming and being with us again here today. I said before the break, I was going to ask you a question about being persuasive. Let's face it. No matter how persuasive you are, there are times when you have to compromise during the negotiation. How do you determine what's acceptable to give up? Should you know about those things ahead of time? Should you think about the scenarios? What, what, what advice do you give? Yeah, I, and absolutely. I think all of it comes down to preparation. I mean, I, I think preparation is actually, and some experts disagree, but most recognize preparation is at least as important, I think more important than your leverage and even more important than your skill set to be often, Jeffrey. You know, when you prepare for using that no fear model I talked about or decide, you know, with your five W's, where and when should we have the negotiation? What's my deep why? When you've done that preparation, Part of it also is exactly what you said. The what of that 5W model is get absolute clarity about the outcomes. And most people are tunnel vision thinking about what are the substantive things I want? What do I want to get, right? What do I need? And we forget process. 
sometimes for business people, negotiating about the process can get you way better long-term results than, you know, negotiating how you're going to price items, for example, will get you way more than getting the deal on this time. But the one that I find is most often forgotten about is your relationship outcome. So absolutely build in what do I want in terms of the substantive? What do I want for my relationship outcomes from this negotiation? What do I want in terms of process? And then you build that in. And part of it is concessions. All right. I don't want to be so attached. What are some concessions that I can strategically use during this negotiation to build rapport, to build that all important trust, right? So get into that negotiation already knowing at the front end, but also know what your best alternative is. It's called your BATNA, right? If you don't know what your other alternatives, I've seen people walk away from great deals thinking that the grass was going to be greener only to find out that they totally screwed themselves. But I've also been, seen people negotiate way past the point when it even makes sense for them anymore. So definitely know what your alternatives are to the deal. Know what compromises you're prepared to make at the front end. Definitely have that line in the sand, your resistance point, as they call it. But also be prepared that if something better shows up, don't be so stuck on that, that you're not open to recognize, oh my God, there's a creative opportunity here. What if we go in this direction altogether? You know what? I could actually, let's forget the price for this thing we're arguing about. Do you know I have contacts across the country that I could share with you? You're going to make infinitely more money. And then we cut a deal that's different than what either of us anticipated walking into that negotiation. You always have to be ready for that wild thing that comes in. Sometimes yeah. it's a pony and sometimes it's a donkey. <laughs> so you have to figure out which one it is. Hey, I love your thing about the process. I'll give you a great example of that before my next question, because I think it's relevant here. I can remember negotiating a multi-million dollar contract. This is like $250 million contract with uh, Rico. And I'm with the executive of Rico. And I know that this is going to be a tough negotiation and it's going to last literally all day long. Yeah. And we walk into the room and it's in Japan and they want me to sit on the floor yeah. <laughs> and on a small little cushion, which is normal for some meetings, the way yeah. that they operated for traditional Japanese company as yeah. they were. And I remember turning to McKinney Murata, who was my friend yeah. um, on the other side. And I said, no freaking way. You're not putting <laughs> me on the freaking floor, uh, McKinney. I want a table and chairs because that I knew that my rear end was going to get sore and they would wear me down. So we want to make sure that that's important. What surprises people the most uh, when they use this approach that you were talking about, you know, process and all the various yeah. steps? I, I love that. And I, I think for obviously most of my clients come to me for the business, right? They're like, I want to up level my ability to get more, get a better position, get, get those you know, sweet spots, get those increased salaries, or I want to make more profit. I want to 10x my income. And we do that, obviously, and this is successful for that. But I think the biggest surprise, actually, Jeffrey, is the impact this has on people's personal relationships. Because yeah. as we're going through and learning these skills, they bring them to their intimate partner. They bring them with their kids and they're building those relationships, which then becomes this gorgeous spiral up. Because as you improve those personal relationships, you show up better in your business, which allows you to buy in, lean in even more to this sort of method. And then that just keeps going up and up. Well, I should be doing like an infinity loop ever up when you buy that. I, I'd say that's the biggest surprise for people. Well, you know this, Cindy, you're a real thought leader in this industry and with women leadership, sure. you know, sell you, sell the business, sell the business, sell you. What's the best advice that you would give to somebody new to negotiate? 
Oh, yeah, great question. I would say first reframe how you look at negotiation. I think the second people hear the word negotiation, and it's one of the obstacles I have with the business because only people who are aware they need negotiation come looking for it. So I would say the best advice is let go of any of the baggage that you've heard about what it means to negotiate. Let go of the image of the boardroom and the power suits and just recognize that negotiation at its core is about persuading and influencing other people to be able to get best outcomes. So just approach it thinking, I want the best possible outcome here, whatever that looks like. And I'm going to put in the work so that I show up for in, as the best version of myself to be able to try and get that. And that allows you to stay grounded and avoid that pushback. Like I often tell people, choose three words that describe how you want to show up in that particular negotiation. Mm -hmm. So it can be calm, compelling, collected. Maybe you want to be brave and curious. There's no right or wrong answer. So long as you show up with intention at your negotiations, you're already leaps and bounds ahead of most people who show up to the table. All right, Cindy, I have to ask you this one last question at the risk of getting me banned. I'm going to ask you a question about the bedroom. What, can, and this, this might get me in big trouble, but what the heck, it's going to help my ratings. And I think that's a great thing right here on yeah. C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio. Hey, what should, what should, how should someone approach negotiations in the bedroom? <laughs> well, first off, and, and I love that question because I think the answer is actually it's rarely takes place in the bedroom. The real work is done when you're outside. So leading up to the bedroom discussion, okay. when you are in an environment that's safe, where we're not feeling judged, where we're not feeling performance pressure or anxiety, being able to build that relationship, start having that negotiation in the most unexpected place. Maybe when you're lying on a beach on vacation or over a, uh, you know, a romantic brunch where you just start teasing the waters and getting really intentional bringing that, that, those models to the table, you're going to end up seeing exponentially better results when you get to the bedroom. Well said, and, and you kept it G-rated, which I thought was really good. <laughs> it helps me. But you like most things, as we know, Cindy, it's all about being transparent, and it's all about being real. And if you come across as being real, and if you come across as being genuine and transparent, you're going to get a lot further at the boardroom or in the bedroom. And uh, don't forget about all that prep work that you have to do ahead of time. Hey, listen, we were with Cindy Watson. She's the author of The Art of Feminine Negotiation, How to Get What You Want from the Boardroom to the Bedroom, and founder <laughs> and CEO of Women on Purpose. Make sure you check her out. You go out and buy that book and check out her organization and the services that she provides. And she's also a thought leader in the C-Suite Network. You've been watching live right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett with C-Suite Radio. And C-Suite TV, don't forget to tell your friends. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. And this week, I learned a lot. Most importantly is to look at it from another perspective. That gender is important in negotiations, whether it's in the boardroom or in the bedroom to be able to look at it from a whole different perspective. Now, I come off as a little rough, a little hard, a little old Mack truckish. And I learned a long time ago, it's better to sit and listen and to mirror the audience across from you. That's not to placate them, but to better to honor them and serve them and doing so with a different gender or different perspective in mind. And secondly, I learned right here today, prepare, prepare, prepare. It's important to be prepared and all of the real work getting to the boardroom or even to the bedroom 
is in the preparation work and all that you do ahead of time. As I said before, always be genuine, always be transparent and be you. That's how you're the most successful professional that you can be. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeff Reza, right here on C-Suite Radio and C-Suite TV. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.